0: Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend Infuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hello! Show's namesake BJ Shea is here!
1: He sure is.
0: He's talking in the third person. And he off- sure is. <laughs> <laughs> running the boards is Joey D's. Wah. It's Wang Wednesday! Wednesday! It's also comic book day, so BG will talk about comics. We will Ooh. talk about Resident Alien, our favorite alien, Mr. Alan Tudyk, and his great show. We will also, finally, since we're all here, talk about the season finale of Peacemaker. Peacemaker! Spoiler! All ahoy! The all the spoilers, so... Uh, yeah, just get ready for that. And of course, the geek sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, how can people get a hold of us?
2: Get a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknation.com. Just <laughs> going can have our <laughs> blogs, podcasts, and more. More, more! Or, you know, just search BJ Chase Geek Nation on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, iTunes, and the Odyssey! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So many ways to get a hold of us and, uh, you know, experience what it is to be a geek national. We, uh, we let everyone in as long as you want to be uh, passionate about the things that you love, um, but also be respectful. Be a nice geek because, you know, a lot of times people can get very angry and uh, we don't need that. We're already angry enough, so we're trying to get better at that, our own selves. <laughs> uh, it is comic book day, so uh, let's start off with some comic book chat BJ, I know usually you are uh, in there with the uh, millions of issues of Spider-Man, so I have to imagine there was a new one. Oh yeah, there was a new Spider-Man. Of course there was. (laughs) And you're right, there are millions of issues. We're already at
1: Spider-Man 90, which I don't really know uh, what
0: it is. Yeah, what's the numbering with those?
1: 891. Oh uh, yeah, they're show, they show—they actually show both numbers, so it's ninety or eight ninety-one, depending on how you're counting. Okay, <laughs> uh, which is really funny that Marvel's what? doing that. It's like they have a legacy number, so the legacy number uh, is eight ninety-one. That makes sense. But, but I guess this version of Spider-Man is uh, only issue ninety, and uh, it's the Beyond. Uh, this is the Beyond story arc that's already in its sixteenth chapter, and uh, this is the issue I think before the last issue of the Beyond story arc. So. Um, and I have to say I love this character they've created, um, and it's uh, the Queen Goblin, who is a new, a new kick-ass version of the Goblin. Uh, and it looks like I didn't know who this was, but it looks like the uh, the the basically the psychiatrist psychologist that was working for Beyond to sort of help this company that was. Getting superheroes and employing them and buying the brand name. And so uh, Ben Riley, who is a clone of Peter Parker, uh, they they basically employed him to say, look, we actually bought the rights to the name Spider-Man because they were sold somehow, (laughs) some way. (laughs) And uh, therefore, they were like, Ben, you're basically Peter Parker, so we're going to let you be Spider-Man. Uh, and But they needed a psychiatrist to help Ben through things because Ben had some issues being a clone, and also they were wiping his memory a lot because they had some nefarious things that they 're doing so unbeknownst to poor ben he 's been wiped multiple times by this Damn. corporation and then it turns out this corporation not only was creating superheroes but they wanted to create a whole industry, and you can 't really have like good business if superheroes don 't have super villains to fight fair and So they created a supervillain with the goblin serum that somehow they got a hold of, and they injected it into the psychiatrist when she found out they were bad people and she was going to do something about that. And they were like, no, you're going to do nothing but become an evil supervillain named Queen Goblin. And it's interesting,
0: like just looking at the pictures, first off, it's not Goblin Queen. Which was a totally different character. Yes, that has nothing to do. That's an X Men character. Queen Goblin looks badass. Like just some of the stills or the pictures that I've seen online, she looks amazing.
1: Yeah, she's got this power called the Goblin Gaze, Ooh. where she looks into your eyes and she can see every horrible thing you think about yourself, then convince you that maybe you should just end it all.
0: Oh, yeah, brutal. Yeah, and
1: yeah. This last this last issue was a beating. Uh, as, uh, you know, she was, uh, well, you know, the black cat was trying to help out Peter Parker because Pete's still recovering from a massive beating that he took that he's been in rehab over. Uh, wow. And uh, he still had to come out and help out because everybody's getting their asses kicked, but Pete was not at full strength, that's for sure. Um, and for some reason, Ben Riley was like, you know what, I'm out. Uh, but now Pete and Ben seem to want to team up and finally together, the two Spider-Man will go, we need to take down this Beyond Corporation, these very bad people nice yeah so that's what's going on with spider-man uh oblivion song finally came out with their issue man oh yeah we forgot about that one yeah it's it's it was supposed to come out a while ago and then eventually they were like yeah i guess we'll give it to you now uh (laughs) and this is the second to last so it might be the penultimate i believe and it seemed like it was Mm -hmm. the ultimate the finale but then you know they were like oh wait a second this is going on oh i guess we have one more issue after all uh (laughs) So issue 36 I believe of Oblivion Song made by the Walking Dead creator Robert Kirkman and uh Lorenzo uh, Di Felici who this, the the cover of issue 35 is just disturbing in and it's in its simplistic way but it's a dude that's just got his ass kicked and Ryan Otley, of course from Invincible has done some really horrific covers this in its own simplicity looks very realistic in a way of a guy that's just had He's just had the crap beaten out of him. Uh, and that would be the main character, Nathan, who's on the cover. And it's oh, very wow, well done. Yeah. Yeah, so that's a. And I didn't realize Image is celebrating 30 years. Can you believe that? Image Comics, 30 years old.
0: Wow. And yeah. I mean, that's the crazy thing, just thinking about that, because Image was an offshoot that uh, it was a lot of Marvel artists who wanted to break off and do their own thing. I remember Jim Lee, Rob Liefeld, and a couple of the others. Uh, Eric Larson, I think, was the one who did Savage Dragon, but they created, they wanted to create their own, um, like, creator owned company. And just the fact that it's, it's been going going on for that long that that's amazing frankly
1: yeah and that that is uh that, that yeah and and i was just thinking i think magic the gathering aren't they about to turn 30 is it 92 or 93 when they came on the scene oh yeah i feel I like think, yeah uh, like 93
0: or 94 maybe like, like
1: yeah, well, ninety four I know was Ice Age. Pretty sure Ice Age was 90. 90 well, if you're I had right. To, no,
0: you're absolutely right. Yeah, because I yeah. remember I couldn't drive yet when we went to go to the local uh, comic book store to pick up our starter decks of so Ice how Age. How about that? How about Image and
1: Wizards of the Coast? If I'm not mistaken, start at the same time. I don't Man. know if anybody look that up to see when. Ninety three. Yeah, ninety three. It was, yeah. was ninety three. Okay, so they got another year before Magic is it hits their thirtieth. Thirtieth. Um, damn. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. So, yeah, Image, um, image Selling the Break three zero. Uh all right, here's what I'm going to tell you, though. I think if you're a comic book person and you're wondering about what the hell's going on in the MCU, especially with the last trailer from, uh, the, you know, the Multitudes of Madness uh, with oh, Doctor Strange. Yeah. And the whole, uh, what is it, the council, what do they call them? The, uh, the uh, Illuminati, sir. The, yeah, the Illuminati, thank you. <laughs> um, uh, you want to start reading the Fantastic 4. Oh. I swear, I swear that the storyline of the Fantastic 4 somehow some way is being intertwined with what's going on in the Marvel universe because right now we have got a massive war called the Reckoning War. A bunch of beings, and 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 this just this got jumped into. I think I missed an issue of something. I mean, maybe it was a maybe it was just an issue like a whole side stuff called the Reckoning War because they went from issue thirty nine, which had nothing to do with this, to, to all of a sudden they're in the middle of it, and they had to give this long preamble for us folks that didn't know what was going on. <laughs> oh, by the way, in case you missed it, you probably did because you don't read the other book, uh, and. But the idea being is this: these, these are these, the, the, the Reckoning, which is a race of beings, uh, they are old, 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 old. Somehow uh, they have reemerged. They are as old as the Watchers. And, oh, oh. by the way, they're kicking the Watchers' asses uh, pretty badly. Damn. Uh, yeah, and, and basically the Watchers uh, gave them a, a taste of the cosmic fire to help them as they watch them develop into a race. And rather than be peaceful, uh, they used that cosmic fire and turned it into something like, hey, this is cosmic fire. We can become gods ourselves with this. And, of course, the Watchers are destined just to sit there and watch And, well, they have blown up the moon, they have done some horrible things, and that's the home of Uatu, for a lot of folks that don't know, Uh, that's his home. So it is is on. And the fact that they're bringing the Watcher into this, uh, and the Watchers, and the way we've seen it in What If, and... I mean, uh, and of course, this Illuminati and Reed Richards becoming um, he's he's absorbed the power of a watcher. So he's got this amazing knowledge and, you know, he's almost uh, he, he, he's almost not even human anymore to some degree, uh, the way he's got this going on in his head. Uh, it's it's some good stuff. And I'm wondering, man, I mean. Are they are they wetting our whistle for when we finally see the Fantastic Four in the MCU? Because a lot of crossover. We've had some Kang stuff recently. Mm. And it seemed like right after we saw Kang in Loki, all of a sudden there's a Kang storyline in the Fantastic Four. Then we, you know, see what if, and then we've got this multitude of you know madness going on with the Illuminati, and then all of a sudden, well, here's Watcher storylines go. I'm like, okay, well, I feel like I better keep reading the Fantastic Four. I think they're taking me somewhere. So,
0: Absolutely. That's crazy, man. Yeah.
1: It's good stuff. Dan Slott. Uh, I love Dan for what he did for Spider-Man. And I love what he's done. Can't believe he's already on issue 40, if you can believe that. Yeah,
0: and wow. And this doesn't
1: come out. I, I think it comes out monthly. I mean, a part of me wants to think maybe it might even be my monthly. I don't know. But um, he ha- it's not like Spider-Man where it's like, oh, wait a second. I just tripped. <laughs> and there's another out. one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so 40, uh, 40 issues already. I remember. And it was 2018 when Dan Slott and the gang said, we're bringing the Fantastic Four back. And here we we are it's like four years later it's hard to believe that it's been that long that the ff has been back in the marvel universe uh and it's good oh is this good stuff
0: moving on from that one of the shows that i haven't caught up yet uh and we've mentioned uh that resident alien is back it's been back for a little bit now um you're still you're still uh uh uh, waist deep ankle deep i don't know oh yeah i'm I'm, into this (laughs) i haven't
1: i haven't watched the latest episode which of course uh, you know um uh, but i' watched uh, i watched episode four, which uh, so episode five I haven't seen yet. Mm-hmm. But episode four uh, is uh, it's just it's a fun show. It's a good show. Alan Tudick is amazing as he just, and really, right now, the people I love on the show are the two kids. Yeah, and yeah. and Alan and, and Harry. Uh, you know, I'm, well, I mean, Asta, though, I have to say, maybe, you know, you might have a little, it seems seems like have a little like, crush on Asta. Seems like you like a lot of them. Uh, but then again, to have a little crush on, on Darcy. And actually, Deputy Baker, I'm digging her lately. I I mean, you know, it's like every one of these women on the show are very, very interesting with their stories. And I'm kind of digging it. Uh, including the the mayor's wife, uh, Kate, who who's all of a sudden oh. now, but she's she's sort of changed the way she's shown up, and that's all I'm going to say. Oh, so yeah, I mean, you know, the <laughs> women are awesome, and of course the kids are great. Oh my god, uh, really, uh, Gracelyn Wad Rinky, uh, who plays Sahar, is so good, uh, so damn good. Uh, and we're starting to see, and you know, we forgot who's in this Rev hmm. is Sarah Khanna. I mean, she, I forgot that she was in this show. Oh, uh, you're right. She plays the general. Uh, Linda Hamilton plays the General Wright.
0: Yeah.
1: And General Wright made an appearance in episode four. So, uh, and, and, well, General Wright's got issues and she's not treating people very well. We had a doctor that went missing and now we know where the doctor is. As the general knows there is, there's an alien presence on the planet, but has no idea that there's only one alien presence, as far as we know, anyway. Uh, so she's interrogating people, expecting them to be aliens, and they're not. And so she's basically abusing humans. No. It's not cool. Aww. Yeah, yeah. General Wright has lost lost her mind.
0: Well, I mean, and I like I had literally forgot because she was uh kind of just like a little bit towards the end of the the first season. Yes. like not in it very much at all. so it was like a, an easy one to forget. but now she's back. I mean, they had to re kind of set up everything anyway, so it makes sense uh, to bring her back at that point in time. It's a fun show about humanity. Again, you know, uh, as Joe We're said, aliens. a
1: lot of shows are doing this kind of stuff mm-hmm. and really showing humanity and you know behavioral science and a lot of relationship stuff. And, and but it's done very very well. Alan Tudyk is the alien is great. It's <laughs> there's another performance you have to look at and say, and because it's comedic, I think I'm not giving him as much credit as I could be for the great performance that he's putting on hmm. as an alien trying to be a human, and he's so really awkward and clunky. And yet he's a super, he's a superior intelligence. And yet there's not a lot of emotion among his people. And he's finding out as a human being that, oh, wow, as, as smart as we are and as advanced as we are, we don't have emotions. And maybe that's, we're really not living a full life. He's just starting to realize that, which he would never have realized it if he had not gone through his alien protocol to mimic uh, the creatures where he is. And then he takes on their abilities, including whatever that, you know, biologically means. So, and Alan Tudyk is doing that so well. He's, he's probably in love with Asta to the best of his ability, but he, you know, he's, he's doing it the way he would do it as an alien, which is very pragmatic, you know, and therefore he's missing a lot and it's great how he's missing it. And, um, I enjoy the show a lot. I think it's a lot of fun, and it's on. That's on the Sci-Fi Network, exactly one hundred percent. Resident Alien, and it's also based on a graphic novel, which I didn't. I keep forgetting no. that it is. So like that's kind of cool. I, yeah. yeah. So uh,
0: yeah, check that out if you want. But uh, if you want a good laugh and you and you love Alan Tudyk, you can't miss. Now moving on from that one to another comic book television show, one that I, I didn't know what to expect because well, it's. Uh, it's about a character that no one really likes in in, uh, in Peacemaker. Um, oh, yeah. But James Gunn has made what I would say probably one of the best comic book shows out there and it seems of all time that of all time because uh first off um everyone seems to agree the uh the viewership on it uh, has gone up since the first episode to the finale which yeah. is fantastic most of the time it'll have a slow decline and a lot of people will be like that's a success people more people were watching this at the end of the show than they were at the beginning of the show. So that's a testament to this show. We you get met- a lot
1: of non-comic book people who are probably oh, being yeah. turned on to this by their friends, and I think that's why.
0: Oh, absolutely. And then even going through that, that we mentioned last week that it has been renewed for a second season, so congrats. Even more congrats to James Gunn is apparently he's gotten engaged to oh. one of the actors on the show. He and, it's and not John, John Cena. Cena. It's not John. John, Cena. Oh, it's not John I know where you're going with this. <laughs> so then it's got
1: to be Vigilante because no. I mean, Yay, he's obviously the next guy. He's the next sexiest guy on the
0: show. Then. He's
2: engaged to Jennifer Holland. Yes.
0: Oh, he was really? Jennifer Holland? Yes. hardcore yep. hard, Um I, will, oh, I always wow. say
2: hardcore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not
0: hardcore, it's hardcore. So look yes. at this.
1: I, I don't know how long they've known each other if it was before this show or it, if it yeah. was this show.
0: It's been it's it's before it they've known each other before the show. So they've known each, each other the for movie a while. Too. And so yeah, so they've uh they've been together for a while, but yeah, they are according to even people uh, people.com that said yeah he made the uh the uh, announcement uh, about a week and a half ago. And they were first introduced in 2015 by their mutual f- friend, Michael Rosenbaum, who you might know as Lex Luthor in Smallville. Oh, And has done a bunch of random. other stuff as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and you'll like it was always that funny thing where it's like, where have I seen Harcourt before? And it's like, oh, yeah, James Gunn's Instagram pictures, because she has been in a couple of them as well. So congrats to Yay. them. Congrats to James Gunn on the fact that he can now just make TV series if he wants to. And just getting into the finale of Peacemaker- It hit everything. It was, I don't want to say perfect because I'm sure that you can kind of find issues with it, but the way they put everything together, they had to go destroy the cow. First off, I just seriously love the fact that when uh, some of these characters, after what they had to deal with in the suicide squad and uh, the kaiju known as Star uh, uh, Star Starro, that they're just like, no more kaiju. I'm out. Like No
2: more guys you know.
0: It was like everybody had a good it seemed like a good finale to their character arcs in this. So um I really absolutely loved it.
2: And there's a – James Gunn actually tweeted something, but I'll wait till we get to the very end of, like, discussing the whole show. But I just read this. had no idea, and it makes the show even that much greater.
0: So the whole reason why they had to kill the cow was because these butterflies that literally just, like, invasion of the body snatchers take over people, uh, go into their brain and take them over, is their only food source. Mm-hmm. So the we would kill them, or, the, you know, they would kill the cow, and then these aliens wouldn't have their food source and then would just starve off. yeah. yeah. And so that was the whole point of the whole thing. They couldn't get any other big people out there to actually, like, you know, the big superheroes to take it on. It's got to be Peacemaker. It's got to be hardcore. Yeah,
2: no one's going to get there in time. And
0: Vigilante just to, you know, do this gigantic scene in a, uh, like, a barn field. Like, and just the ridiculous, bloody nature of what happens and transpires. It was just like, wow, okay, yeah, yeah. This is the James Gunn I remember, especially if you've watched like any of the, his older movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, he does not let up when it comes down to the practical effects. No,
2: <laughs> <laughs> and we actually yeah. have like a friend of ours, our coworker, who is watching with his wife. She does not like the gory, and she's been able to watch the first few episodes. I'm like, dude, that's not going to keep up.
0: Yeah, yeah, she's
2: not going to be able to watch the whole thing. That's for that's for sure.
0: <laughs> I love the fact that uh, with Peacemaker um he has all of these different helmets that do different things and they were able to incorporate all of the ones that he was able to get with this in, a, in an entertaining way, I really thought because there was, there's one helmet that just gives people scabies within like what, like a, like a, like a, like a, fo- m- two,
2: two, one, one or two mile radius. Yeah.
0: Or? Yeah. They're just like everyone but the user just gets scabies. And I, I almost thought that they were going to use that one for some reason, give the cow scabies. And for some reason that would be like the That'd way to funny. kill them. Uh, it wasn't, but it was just a kind of a, still a very satisfying way that they were able to use the helmets to go about it, using it all for the plot points. Yeah. Uh, I love the fact that Robert Patrick is still there, but not there. Right. And it really works in with the character, leads into what can be great for a second season. Beyond with all of it, I really just loved how they did every aspect of this.
2: Even as much as you hate Augie, like he's <laughs> like Robert Patrick did such a phenomenal job. Because I've seen him in oh, other yeah. stuff. Like I remember the very first time I saw him was not in Terminator. It was actually when he replaced Fox Mulder when David Duchovny left for a while in X-Files. Oh yeah. My dad loves the X-Files, so I used to watch it with him when I could handle it. If it got too scary, went to bed. It's like I wouldn't watch the rest <laughs> of the episode I'm out. But I remember him like, I thinking like he was such a nice guy, so to see him be the complete opposite, you know, being a white supremacist and all. Phenomenal job on his part for sure. But this this episode hits you in the feels. It is hilarious, yeah. it is bloody. It like it marked it did everything. It ticked off every mark
0: and the thing also in that i mean it's like obviously you're dealing with what's going on with peacemaker and his father and how that's going about and just how his beliefs and ideals have been you know founded in tragedy but then also you get real hum- like humanizing like speeches from someone like <laughs> like uh, like uh, Steve A G's character, uh, uh, I can't remember his name right now. Uh, John oh, uh, John, uh, John uh, uh, Ecomo- uh, Economos. Yes, yeah, it's Economos. Those damn Greek names. Um, but it was just like like I've never heard such a like like a humanizing speech about beard uh, like beard dye. Yeah. Like it was just like wow.
2: And I love like what one thing. It's kind of like when you do the two screen experience, but it's after the fact. Mm-hmm. I love that James Gunn comments on all the different like a lot of people's tweets and response, like response to a lot of people. And one of the things he did say was it was a really big moment for him, but also peacemaker. Cause he realized like his words do have an effect. So he said yeah. that they both did a phenomenal job with that scene.
0: And that was that, that brutal thing. It's just like, Oh, I never knew anybody noticed until one guy wouldn't let up on it. Mm-hmm. It's because everyone's too polite to say, you know, quote unquote polite. They'll just let you kind of sit there in anguish with your gross ass dyed beard and not worry about it. And, uh, you know, just judge you from afar, as opposed to someone who, well, learns that maybe, you know, just being a total D about it the entire time isn't the best. Um, But he did bring it up to light. And then also, you know, you learn something about everyone on that one. That's a fact. Mm-hmm.
1: Every every character was like that, Rev. Everybody, you could judge them like the book by the cover thing, and mm-hmm. then you realize there's so much more there.
0: Absolutely. And, I mean, I feel that's kind of a James Gunn staple when it comes down to it. And uh, very satisfying, the whole series, uh, going all the way to the last moment with the surprise cameo at the end which I never in a million million years dreamed that they would actually do this. Oh, Uh, it was phenomenal. Considering this show is a hard R, and the fact that you get a couple of Justice League members to come in, say some very entertaining things, and then, of course, also swear. I was just like, this is, wow. All right, they're allowing this. Okay, cool. I
2: honestly thought it was going to be kind of like, do you remember in the Shazam? Was it Shazam?
0: With uh, Zachary Levy? Yes. Yeah.
2: At the very end when you see like, oh, Superman coming to have lunch with the kid and he looks up, but you never see the face. So we yeah. know it's not Henry Cavill. It's just, I mean, uh, which n- was still really well well done, but I thought that this was going to be the same thing. It's like CGI these people in, no real contact, and we got... We,
0: we, we got, got Jason Momoa uh-huh, and, and Ezra Miller yes. as both Flash and, uh, 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 Aquaman. and Aquaman.
2: Talking about the rumor, the biggest rumor of Aquaman. Right? Yeah,
0: <laughs> which I didn't think they would acknowledge that way. And oh. I guess at this point. Uh, uh, um, go
2: go forticate with uh, yeah. aquatic creatures. <laughs> yeah, apparently that's
0: canon now that's like canon. Yeah, the canon the rumors are canon. that's canon um, uh,
1: yeah there's uh, you know again DC wanted to be edgier than Marvel and they always went darker but this kind of humor I just don't think you'd see in a Marvel movie and DC if they can pull this off uh, more regularly which I think they've done with Doom Patrol and other shows where mm-hmm. they've had some really good dark comedic moments based on their properties uh, this, to, this, this is how they win uh, and James Gunn's the perfect guy for this it was yes I agree with all of, I agree with both of you. It, it was a terrific series. Honestly, man, you know, I I I've gone crazy over Raised by Wolves, but man is this show all it's close. I think cuz it's comedic you, I tend not to take it as seriously as Raised by Wolves, but I think I need to. It's that good. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I, I see what you're saying with that. And then like on the opposite, I mean, I haven't seen Raised by Wolves, but this is one of my favorite shows, but it's also because of how much I've loved James Gunn in uh, previous works. So it's like one of those things where I'm just like, yeah, I'm going to watch anything he does anyway. And the way he does, like literally when there's just like laugh out loud moments and then you're like, you're laughing and then you're just like grossed out because of the gore it's it's just entertaining to see that weird dichotomy and that just sort of juxtaposition of all that stuff
1: and, and we've we've known him yeah we've yeah. known him so this is what james does and hopefully you know maybe in time people are going to go look back at his filmmaking and his writing and go this guy was amazing yeah. it's in it's, that comedy genre it just it just doesn't get taken as seriously as anything else
0: yeah uh, and if you haven't seen it I I'd absolutely recommend go back and watch super with Rain Wilson and mm-hmm. uh, 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 Elliot, Elliot page. page so just like go and check that out too just kind of see the same vibes as peacemaker if you really enjoyed what he did with this sh- with this show go back and watch that movie
2: uh, and the little thing I kind of teased earlier so We've talked about how all season John Cena has been able to show off his acting chops Mm because much like any wrestler you've seen him do is like wrestler, you know, out of wrestling movies. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, cheesy or whatever. But he not only displayed, he has great comedic timing. He's a badass when it comes to fighting. I know he does a lot of fighting and wrestling, but I feel like fighting for movies and stuff is a lot different because of the different camera angles and everything. But he has shown us that he is a great dramatic actor as well. 100%. And James Gunn had tweeted out with a picture of uh, ha- uh, Harcourt where like they're, they're, they're putting on the blood makeup for when she was in the hospital. It says, in the hospital scene, John Cena broke out in tears when he looked at, when he took uh, Jen Holland's hand, which is ha- uh, Halcourt, and she started crying. The camera wasn't on him. Probably the most vulnerable moment in Harcourt's life. Oh, so he was also like him crying caused her to cry,
0: which is, again, going to bring out that amazing performance as well. Like when
2: she started crying, I was like, oh, (laughs)
0: like it really hit
2: me. And to know that John Cena was also crying in that scene just adds to it. Yeah. Like.
0: He's a really good actor and like James Gunn yes. was able to bring out the best in him. Again, like when you would just expect him to be something in like the Marine or just a wrestler like right. Yeah, yeah like James Gunn knows people who can play the characters he wants them to play. He's done that time and time again.
2: And if uh you want a little extra cuz I know we have to wait till season 2, he put out uh, during President's Day weekend, I didn't realize, I saw it on his Twitter, a nine-minute blooper reel. Really? Yeah, oh, nine minutes, nice. so go right, no, no, right, no check it that.
0: out. Well, <laughs> I do have
2: one other thing. I feel really dumb, and I have to tell you guys this. Okay. This whole time, the opening song, which I never skip, because yeah. it's that fantastic. I've been singing it wrong. What? <laughs> it's, do you want to taste it? I always thought, do you want to take it?
0: Oh, do yeah. You no, wanna,
2: do you want to take it?
0: Oh, wow. Take, it, take it, it, taste it. I mean, look at called, I mean,
2: do you want to taste it? See, I know no, that
1: I whenever. Whatever <laughs> floats your eagle, do whatever you want.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: yes. So, yeah, just uh, I, I was singing that wrong this entire time. So, well, just a heads up if you guys were doing the same thing. <laughs> well, I
0: don't welcome. have to worry about that because <laughs> I got captions on all the time. But <laughs> now it is time to get to The Geek Sheet with Vicki B. All right, Vicki, what do you got?
2: How many Pixar movies have you guys seen? Have you seen a decent amount, you think?
0: Um, which, I, one are the are, so. yeah, which one are yeah. the Pixar movies? All the like all movies. the Toy Stories and stuff like that? Toy
2: Story, Incredibles, Finding Nemo, Cars, Ratatouille, Coco.
0: You know what? I've seen. A lot of them, not a bunch of them. I've seen Toy Story and one of those other ones. Yeah.
1: You haven't seen The Incredibles?
0: Yes, I have seen The Incredibles. Ratatouille? No. Oh. Haven't oh, seen that either. I don't yeah. think. Oh, wow. No. Apparently, yeah, now I have offended Vicky. No, you yeah. didn't
2: offend me. You broke my heart. Oh. Seriously, go to Disney Plus this weekend. Watch Ratatouille. Wow. Okay. It is one of um, top tier for me. Pixar right.
1: movies. <laughs> even more so than uh, Emperor's New Groove, really. And well, that's not I, I even the, Emperor's
2: New Groove isn't a Pixar.
0: It's not even a Pixar. No. And, okay,
1: never mind then. I yeah, I've seen. Corrected.
0: I've seen Finding Nemo, The Incredibles, and Toy Story. And I'm just like looking at the list of all of these, and that is it.
1: I mean, I haven't
2: seen every single one. I think there's three I have not seen.
0: Damn, weird.
1: I haven't seen as many as you. I think I've seen Inside Out was a Pixar, wasn't it?
2: Oh, okay, four I haven't seen. I haven't seen Inside. Yeah. Oh, Insar
1: yet. oh okay.
0: I did see that one too. So yeah, but look I saw at me. That I Inside saw Out
2: Canto. Onward. Encanto. Uh, I don't. Yeah. Yes,
0: yes. I think the problem is I've probably only seen any, uh, all those movies when you know the last ten years when I was younger. So I think it's probably a whole generation of Pixar movies that I'd be like, of course I've seen so many of them. And then you list them off, I know none of them. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. exactly.
2: <laughs> One that I do want to see, but it's like anytime I want to go sit down and watch it, it's like, well, I'm going to watch something else instead, which is Luca. Okay. Yeah. Uh, just looks looks. It looks fun. Uh, it's one of those pandemic pandemic movies that was supposed to come out in theaters, but then they just released it for free, mm-hmm. which caused a lot of uproar. Yeah. But anywho, the reason I bring all of this up is someone came out with the most interesting Pixar fan theories, and some of these like really made a lot of sense. Oh, okay. So did you guys watch? I'm guessing you didn't, but did anybody watch Brave? <laughs>
0: nope. Uh, well, oh. that, I do know that was it that is the- with Meridia. In that crazy
2: Merida.
0: Merida, I was close. Oh yeah, so, uh, I think I see. I've, I've
1: seen some of Brave. I feel like I have. She's the. Is, she's, is it a, yeah, yeah. a Scottish based movie? Yes, she's Scottish.
2: Character. She's got the big red hair. She yeah, a bow and, and, and they arrow. want.
1: And, and they don't want her to be. She wants to be a warrior. They don't want her to be. Kind of thing.
2: Kind of. So yeah, she's the oldest of the four children because she's got three triplet brothers. Uh, they want to marry her off to one of the other kingdoms so they can be still at peace. Oh, just right, because yeah. it's tradition. Her mom is played by Emma Thompson. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh. It Like the the voice acting in this, I, I'm in love. I'm blinking on his name, who plays her father. It's Billy. Oh.
0: Billy BlaBlaBlaBlaBla.
2: No, from uh, Boondock Saints.
0: Oh, I know who you're talking the about. The dad in Boondock Saints. Uh, yeah, yeah, I can't remember. I can't, remember, I can't remember his name. Billy Burdick? Burdick? No, yes, Bertrand? no. Anywho. Billy,
2: <laughs> so for those who do or don't know the main story, she re- the whole theme of it is that she wants to decide her own fate. She wants to do what she wants to do, not necessarily what her family's telling her to do. All and right. they, they keep telling a story of Mordu. Mordu was like this evil bear, right, that's pretty much unkillable giant. But what we find out, spoiler alert, that he was actually used to be one of four princes of a kingdom in the Father's like, we want you to ru- rule evenly, but he's like, no, I want it all. And he fought against his family and basically destroyed his kingdom and became an evil bear.
1: Wow, oh, that, that uh, happens.
2: Because, you know, witchcraft. Evil bear. <laughs> that being said, they believe that Merida is actually a descendant of Mordue because this happened hundreds of years ago from what it sounds like. So they, what ended up happening is that there was a war that happened. So her father, King Fergus... And the other kingdoms, which are, you know, trying to get their sons to marry Merida, all came together to fight the war. Uh, And so they proclaimed that he would, Fergus, would be the one to be the king of all of them but they believe that the war they were fighting was fighting because of the uh, what happened with Mordu and everything.
1: Oh. So it was Mordu a bear? And then in he, order for him to be a descendant, didn't he have to do, Mordu had to Mordu somebody?
2: Well, he probably did before he turned into a bear.
1: <laughs> I hope so. Oh, so two
0: or two more don't. Yeah. So, yeah, he, he, so the way
2: she, what ends up happening with her is that she wants to decide her own fate. Her mom's like, you need to get married. This is what's going to happen. You don't get to do this. And she wants to change her fate. Finds Ends up finding a witch in the forest. And she's like, help me change my fate. She trades and gives her mom this dish that's going to trade her or change her fate. Her mom eats it, and yeah, her fate changes when her mother turns into a bear.
0: Oh.
1: Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm. So technically,
2: she got what she wished for.
1: So you think that like, the Mama Bear went and did it with Mordu Bear? And no, that's Mord- where- Mordu oh. was
2: already in existence, oh, oh, and right. yeah, like I think it's just—I
1: barely believe any of this. Ah. You
2: know, there's a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of John Snows, if you will, running around in that time. So,
1: oh yeah, interesting. Everybody oh. noise. Le- le- always-
2: let's go to a movie that you guys have seen. Okay, okay, that what's that? Uh, the Incredibles.
1: Okay, that's incredible. Mm. <laughs> also known as the oh, good Fantastic Four movie. The only uh-huh. good Fantastic Four movie, sure. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: So what is one of the big lines that Edna Mode, the designer of the costume, says?
0: No capes.
2: No capes. I know that
0: one. Yep.
2: Uh, So one of the fan theories is because Syndrome was very smart, he could have definitely designed his own suit, but he definitely wanted to be as authentic as possible. He wanted to be a superhero. Oh, yeah. So it's pretty, you know, believable that he probably went to Edna to consult with her and stuff to find a costume. Edna's very intelligent, Mm -hmm. like more intelligent, like she seems all about the fashion kind of eccentric, but she's very smart. Mm -hmm. So she would probably be suspicious, like, hmm, all my superhero friends here are no longer around. This seems kind of hmm. So she probably gave him the cape or told him to get a cape knowing exactly what would happen. She's like, I don't trust you. So I'm going to suggest this.
0: Here's a cape. And that's one that, yeah. I, because I've,
2: that's what was his doom at the end. <laughs> I've
0: heard that before and just since that it was just that sort of doom. I really am okay with that one. Like, that makes a lot of sense. The fact that he would, like, for some reason I thought that he, like, captured her to make the costume. But I think that was just my own weird headcanon at this okay. point. Now. So I don't even think that was even a thing. I just was, like, misremembering that, that Mandela effect sort of thing. Okay.
2: Maybe we got to watch those again when you watch Ratatouille. Okay, fine. Speaking of... Uh, In Ratatouille, the beginning of uh, the movie, how we start off is that we're in, (laughs) it's one of those like, hey, you're wondering how I got here moments. Okay. Where Remy is running out of a window, breaking the window, Remy, the main character rat, with a book through the glass and just racing out. So he's chased out by this old woman in this old house. This is where all his rat, like, rat buddies would live in her attic and all that stuff. And she didn't want rats like any normal person would. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, but there has been theory that this old lady might have connections to some other characters in the movie. And by other characters, I mean one big character, the quote unquote villain. Oh. Like villain, not so much villain antoine ego
0: Ooh, who is anton antoine but i don't the, know this guy the
2: notorious harsh food critic
0: oh
2: so he's very like picky at that one point he's just like you you're you're pretty thin for somebody who claims they love they like food like oh, i love food you know i've I don't like it. I don't swallow. And he has that deep, booming, scary voice. Like everything about him screams death. Like wow. just from the subtle effects from, uh, like his office, the way it looks, kind of like a coffin. His typewriter kind of looks like a skull. It's one oh, of those like is, Easter eggs.
0: He is creepy.
2: Uh, and so some believe that because of the cookbook she has, and some of the food, like this woman loved cook, and some believe that this might actually be his mother that we see in a flashback.
0: Oh. oh. I'm like, okay,
2: even if that's not, you know, canon or anything, I think that's a that makes sense. And they some people quit, like they said, the kitchen kind of looks similar from his flashback. So this old lady might actually be Ego's uh, mother.
0: Well, and I mean, like, especially with, like, Disney movies and, like, not even just Pixar movies, but they really do like to lean into the, 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 the lineage a mm-hmm. lot of the time when it comes down to something like that. So it does make sense in that sort of aspect of that.
2: Hmm. Uh, One more?
0: Okay, one more.
2: Uh, I'm trying to think. Do I want to do a different movie or no? Okay, I'm going to do a different movie that I haven't talked about yet. Oh, all right. Have you got Coco, anybody?
0: Coco. No Coco. No, no Coco. <laughs> I like hot Coco. No, no. Cocoa. That's about all I got. No. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, so Coco, it's based in Mexico, which mm-hmm. I think it's more connected to me. For those who don't know, Encanto is actually Colombia, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but Ernesto de la Cruz, who is like the musician, the one that the, the little boy character is like in love with because this is his idol. He wants to be a musician and he believes that Ernesto de la Cruz is actually his grandfather. Ooh. And we later find out that's not the case. But the reason oh. why when he goes into basically the afterlife, mm-hmm. he can, he's a human in the afterlife uh, trying to get back. Like, Ernesto de la Cruz just kind of believes it. Like, but why would he believe it? Like, because most people, families and stuff for the Day of the Dead come and bring ofrendas. So they're able to see their family again. Okay. So it's like, well, he didn't know if this was his grandson. Like, you would think he would be coming in. He would
0: have already known that.
2: Right. So Ernesto de la Cruz, it's pretty safe to say, he believed that, okay, he could be my my grandson because he was a product of a hookup. Like, oh, many, oh, many, oh, many traveling musicians, especially okay. the big fancy ones. Honestly, <laughs> I'm like, why is this on the list? I just assumed. Like when I first watched it, I'm like, <laughs> He's no, like a yeah. a musician, yeah. This is kind of what happens. He's like, you're my grandson? I have a grandson. Like, <laughs> how many ladies did you hook up with, bro? I mean, he was a good looking dude when he was alive. And even in death, he was not too bad looking. So <laughs> what we learned here is that if you haven't watched Coco, Incredibles, Ratatouille. All right. This is what you had to do this weekend.
0: All right, I guess I got homework. All right, fine.
2: Not just you, anybody who's listening. If you haven't seen those, report back. (laughs) (laughs) Until next time, guys, stay nerdy.